0: This is astrologer D.K. Brainerd, and you're listening to the Stars for the People Astrology podcast for the week of November 15th, 2010, brought to you by EmpowerRadio.com, empowering you. It's nice to be able to sit down and say, I think we're going to have a good week this week. We got the sun in Scorpio for one more week. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we also have Jupiter and Venus, the two positive, good luck, benefic, fortunate planets of the Zodiac, returning to direct motion on Thursday. Jupiter has been retrograde in the sign of Pisces since the end of July. Venus has been retrograde in Scorpio and now, most recently, at the end of Libra where she stations direct on Thursday since the beginning of October. Both Jupiter and Venus tend to be pretty benevolent as their uh, traditional monikers of the greater benefic and lesser benefic indicate. But with all planets, when a planet is in retrograde motion it tends to turn its energy inward and backward in time for the time that it is retrograde. And so I think all of us, wherever Pisces and Libra, Scorpio fall in our charts, are going to enjoy this return to forward motion. Now, it will take a few days for um, us to feel the energy of this shift in motion. And in fact, sometimes when planets station direct. We actually kind of feel that, um, negatively as if the bottom is dropped out a little bit, but I don't feel like that we're going to have, um, any negative effects that we experience are going to tend to be more on the very sort of ephemeral passing emotional or mental variety. I would guess again, Jupiter, um, Jupiter, especially even when it's retrograde rarely acts negatively. It just sort of withholds its positive energy to some extent while it's retrograde. And as with Mercury retrograde, which most of us are pretty familiar with, whenever, whenever a planet goes retrograde, especially one of the inner planets, um, Mercury, Mars, Venus, and Jupiter, we, we tend to be reviewing that area of our life and you know learning how we can shift things on an internal level in order to use the energy of that planet more wisely and more effectively and more beneficially as it goes forward. So I think we're all going to like this. Probably Pisces, Sagittarius, uh, Libra, and Taurus will especially dig this energy shift because Venus and Jupiter are are your ruling planets. But all of us will feel positive effects of this. And the other thing that's going on that's really nice is that we start off the week with the sun and Scorpio making a trine to Jupiter and Pisces and then going on to make a trine to Uranus and Pisces. So sun trine Jupiter is one of the, one of the most easy flowing kind of harmonic or harmonious energies of the zodiac, which really sets us up for a nice, nice start to the week. And we do have one more week of Scorpio. But as we talked about in last week's podcast, we've kind of been riding the border of um of inward looking Scorpio and outward reaching, aspiring Sagittarius as Mars and Mercury have shifted into into Sagittarius. And so as when the sun shifts into Sagittarius next Monday, the twenty second, we're really going to um have have mostly completed that sort of uh, shift change or, or sign change and really moving into that outward sort of energy of Sagittarius as we head into Thanksgiving and into the holidays. Um, before we do that, we have a pretty exciting full moon coming up next Sunday, November 21st. And it as befits a year of extremes, we have the the full moon in Taurus and the very last degree of the sign. So the 30th degree of Taurus. And it just seems like a, it's hard to remember another year where we had so many things happening in the last degrees of signs. The Sabian symbol for the thir- 30th degree of Taurus is a peacock parading on the terrace of an old castle. Dane Rudyard in his, um, you know, I quite like Dane Rudyard. And in, in his um, astrological mandala, which is a study of the Sabian symbols, which, you know, I take with a grain of salt, Roger could he could fit anything into one of his systems or theories. He was an absolute genius and a genius that had um, as uh, Daisy Parker, I believe, in my all time favorite series of children's books, um, the Bagthorpe saga. Uh, Daisy was a this three or four year old who was always setting things on fire and, and generally wreaking havoc on, on family gatherings and her distracted mother, the lovely, but, um, how should we say ditzy aunt Celia always just explained Daisy's behavior as reconciling the seemingly disparate and Rudger was a master at that. But um, Roger says that the keynote for this degree is the personal display of inherited gifts. And he says that this is a, a degree indicating consummation of individual efforts. So I want to look at um, I want to look at Scorpio Taurus and then also Neptune, Chiron, and Aquarius. As Because we have this interesting pattern that sort of builds toward the full moon where we have the sun in Scorpio. We've talked quite a bit about that in the recent podcasts. We have the moon in Taurus, and remember the moon is exalted in the sign of Taurus. And then we have that full moon energy squaring Neptune, the archetype of imagination and ethereal beauty and ego dissolution. And negatively, kind of confusion and fogginess and uh, messiah complexes, and also Chiron, the wounded healer, in this really tight conjunction in Aquarius, that's forming the apex of a T-square from the full moon energy. So, as the sun opposes the moon, you know, the unconscious um, emotional energies symbolized by the moon come to the surface at the full moon, right? And whenever we have a planet or planets that are squaring that opposition, whether it's of the sun and moon or any other opposition in the chart, those planets sort of become a focal point for that energy or um, the pivot that that opposition kind of swings on. And so how we're doing with that planet or those planets, in this case, Chiron and Neptune and Aquarius, can really determine how we experience the opposition. So, you know, full moons can be these wildly dynamic, um, wonderful, exciting times where the energy's running high, you know, the, the sap is running and and we're excited and things are manifesting, things are happening. And the moon in Taurus especially is, it's the, the sign of the moon's exaltation. So the moon really loves to be in Taurus. And The moon is considered esoterically to be the, um, the sort of step down transformer of the solar energies to the earth plane. So esoterically, the moon enables us to use the solar energy, which would be too, um, overwhelming otherwise, you know, and one way we can see this is that, um, when we have a full moon, our, our inner emotions, kind of the causal level of things come to the surface where we can be aware of them. You know, sometimes by us being aware, you know, saying, wow, I'm really, I'm really acting crazy today. Or man, my emotions are so strong. Sometimes other people calling us on it, you know, like, what are you doing? What, ah, you know, you're, you're doing all this stuff. And, and, um, and then we become aware of these patterns that we may not have, Been aware of, we can go back and shift our relationship to the solar energy or the divine life energy by, um, you know, changing the way we're configured internally. So, if that's, um, you know, I have this real, uh, negative emotional belief about life that I inherited from my parents, that would be a nice moon example. Um, At the full moon, I'm acting out and I don't, I don't notice it. I just feel like everything's against me. Everybody's, you know, why is everybody uh, blocking me or moving so slowly or whatever? And maybe my friend or, or my lover says to me, you know, um, you're doing acting like this, this, and this, or you're saying this, this, and this, but there aren't really, there's not really a problem in the outer world. So where is this coming from? And that gives me the impetus to say, oh, I'm going to look inside and see what's creating that. And and I look inside and I realize, oh, wow, I'm reacting to my fiance the way my mother always reacted to my father or the way my grandmother always reacted to the people around her or whatever. You know, So I, I become aware of this family pattern and then I can really shift it. And that kind of inner searching is what Scorpio is really all about. Because Scorpio, Scorpio is about the willpower and it's about the inner emotional landscape that determines how we use our power in the world. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of uh, letters and comments on on the website from Scorpios who are kind of saying, kind of like cancers earlier this year in the summer saying, you know, how long is this going to last? I can't take much more of this. Can't take much more of this inner searching you know, this going into my dark places. So the good news is that, that we're almost through that, this phase of the year. But the other good news is that when we're willing and able to sit with those dark places, then we really do change what's manifesting on the outer level. And that's where the moon, full moon and Taurus, I mean, this is really, it's an exciting energy, um, you know, a little bit scary because it's like with the moon and Taurus, we're almost definitely going to see something manifest. Um, you know, again, the moon, sort of the engine of manifestation on the Earth plane, and then Taurus, the ultimate Earth planet. And as I was, um, as I was preparing for the podcast, I was for some reason drawn to. I have this big book on astrology by Aleister Crowley, the infamous black magician. And, um, and I I was reading through his descriptions of of Scorpio and Taurus. And I I thought this was really funny and telling about, about Taurus, which is, he says the influence of earth in Taurus is so strong as to make the native intensely conservative, but this is not the conservatism of idleness or the laziness of contentment it is the positive conviction that things are right as they are and must not be changed. The Taurus native is therefore always on his guard against influences which make for so-called reform. His mental attitude is like that of the landed gentry or the farmers in an old established civilization who, feeling that things have gone pretty well on the whole for centuries, are determined to resist radical interference with them, fearing even a desirable reform lest it should be the thin edge of some disastrous wedge and so that that's both the strength of taurus which is that by being consistent by being reliable by being in tune with the cycles of, of nature and with the forces of manifestation taurians are you know do a tremendous percentage of the work that gets done in the actual physical real world, probably compared to the rest of the signs of the Zodiac. But then the dangerous side of that is, and especially in the times that we live in now, is that we're living in times of such radical change. You know, the temptation with that Taurus energy is to just say, this is too scary. You know, I don't know where this is leading, so I'm going to kind of clam up and shut down, clamp on and hold on to what I've got. And, that's the that's the interesting math that we're sort of doing internally wherever Taurus and Scorpio fall in your chart at this full moon is, um, have I stuck with the inner searching and you know have I learned anything about the configuration of my inner landscape so that now as this powerful energy of manifestation comes up I can really see things shift in the in my outer world if. I'm open to change, you know. If I'm open to that shift happening, and then where Chiron and Neptune come in in Aquarius as the sort of um, the sort of the gate between these two sides of the equation, or the or what lets this happen or not happen, is with Chiron and Neptune and Aquarius. We've been in this cycle. Neptune has been in Aquarius since 1998. Chiron has been in Aquarius since 2006, and the two of them have been in an extraordinary, clo- extraordinarily close conjunction for the last year or so, really just kind of dancing together within a degree or two most of the time. And it's really created this um, fascinating place that we're in as a society where we're we're looking at our woundedness, Chiron, as members of society. And at the same time, we're also being bombarded and blasted by these Neptunian – Images. So TV being, you know, the most obvious place to go with this where Neptune is images, Aquarius is, um, electronic communication. So we're being bombarded with these fantasy again, Neptune, the power of fantasy, fantasy images that have ended up with most of us being in this totally mind controlled state. Most of the time, you know, we really do what they tell us and they don't have to tell us overtly anymore. And then, of course, that leads us. And and the reason they don't have to tell us overtly is because they're showing us pictures, and the mind thinks in pictures. So, as I'm getting ready to release the uh, version 2.0 of Words for the People um, next Sunday, you know the the multimedia MP3 hypnosis um, library, um, you know, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I love that because what what you're able to do with this brainwave entrainment technology and with any kind of meditation is get down to the level of where the programming in your mind is stored. And what you get, what you find when you get down there is that it's not stored so much in words as in images, you know, and these images have been poured into most of us, our whole lives. And what it's led to is that we have this really hyper sort of inflated fear of, doing what it is that our soul is telling us to do because you know that's not what we're shown on the TV that's not what we're shown in the magazines um you know especially for women i mean just being yourself is a crime you know compared to what they're broadcasting into your subconscious mind with you know images of supposedly ideal women these inflated sort of bimbo figures right but for all of us that's going to be kind of the crux that this hinges on and i think it's you know whatever we experience from this full moon it's a really interesting opportunity to look at how controlled am i by what i call it in the ebook that accompanies the the membership by the matrix you know by the shadow by the parasite and one place we might take this energy is, you know, by saying, I mean, we look back at the, the sixties energy that's come around so much, um, in in our, in the last few years. And, you know, if you think of the sixties, it was like the man is keeping us down, man. It's like the system, man, we got to fight the system. Right. And they were right to a large extent. The man is keeping us down and the system is keeping us enslaved Um, I grew up in a conspiracy theory household, you know, and and, um, it was always like the Illuminati and the – I don't know how these other people are. Maybe those groups, you know, I'm sure they exist. Um, But I also think one of the things that we're becoming aware of is that what we're fighting against is not a person. You know, it's not evil George Bush or evil Obama who's controlling everything. You know those people are by and large just figureheads, right? They're um, they're they're screens that we project our own unconscious material onto. We always get the president we deserve, is my my uh, take on that. And what we're starting to realize is that what is controlling us is something that is more scary than than a. a person or a group of people because it's unseen and it's like this energetic configuration that infiltrates all of the media and all of our family members and you know the person next to you at work and even your own mind and i think one of the challenges with this energy is let's look at what we're manifesting and let's look at our own emotions so look at what we're manifesting full moon in taurus look at our own emotional landscape and what we're using our willpower to what we feel compelled to act on or to think about or to feel that's the Scorpio side of it. And then in the middle is our, is our ideas about what we should do and who we should be, which is that an Aquarius is always this, you know, the, the conflict of Aquarius is the individual versus society. And, Chiron and Aquarius, and and for those of you who have Chiron and Aquarius in your birth chart as well, with Chiron and Aquarius, there's always this um, sort of underlying theme of if I am myself, if I do what I really want to do, if I announce myself to the world as who I really feel I am, then I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to be exiled, I won't have a place in the group. And so those are the questions that we can look at and really uh, benefit from this full moon in more ways than just, you know, I want to manifest a little bit more money, which is important, you know, or I want to manifest a better relationship. That's important, too. But what's even more important and more powerful is us realizing, hey, you know what, As as an individual, as a group here on words for the people, those of us that are connected through this work you know, the other groups and communities and tribes that you belong to. What's really important is that we reclaim who we really are. And we say, you know what, I'm not going to be exiled. I'm just going to find my tribe. And if I do what my soul's calling me to do, I will be supported. I will be able to find the community that believes in me and that, you know, wants me to be who I fully, who I am and, and a community where my gifts fit a need in that community. And my needs correspond to gifts that people in my community have. And that's the, that's the high side of Aquarius. That's the idealized, um, the high vibrational side of Aquarius energy is that we all get to be ourselves and we get to belong to a group that actually wants us to be ourselves. So I hope you found this useful and enjoyable until next week. This is astrologer DK Brainerd saying, may you go with the stars i seen the best minds of my generation refuse to take their medication. Your electroshocks, your chemical pills, mmm, ain't gonna cure what ails us. And i seen the best minds of my generation washing windows at the service station. Yes, of the...